This psalm was written prior to the writings of First and Second Chronicles, somewhere around 33, uh, 330 BC. So what does this psalm teach us? Well, there's three points that I want to cover this morning, typical for pastors, three points in a poem. But the first thing we want to look at is share your testimony with people. Share your testimony with people. And the psalmist writes here, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, Yodeh Haveh, Yahweh, the, the God of the covenant, the one who is faithful in verse 8, who will continue it through the generations. Give thanks, Yada. Normally, that word refers to expressing praise to God, but here it is the hephile stem, and it means to make known or to testify. And here's, here's the issue. It is to express to Yodehave, the Lord, the God of the covenant, what he has done in your life and what he has done in my life. It is to express to him a personal gratitude that we have to him in things that he has done in our lives. And then the psalmist writes, call upon his name, kara, call, which means to proclaim his name. And actually, verses 1 through 6 is the call to worship here. So it's a rather lengthy call to worship. Um, but part of this worship takes place every day. It's what we should be expressing to God every day. How he has protected us. How he has cared for us. How he has loved us. And from that we proclaim his name. And then we read in verse uh, 1. Make known his deeds among the peoples. Make known is the word yada. Yeah, it's the same word we just looked at. And that means to testify. About what? Testify about his deeds. Alila. I love that Hebrew word. Alila. And that means acts in your life. That means acts in your life. Uh, we have the opportunity as believers not only to express and testify to God how great he is in our lives, but we also have the opportunity as Christians to testify before the peoples of the world. This is something I think that is important to do. It is important to journal all those events, what I call them benchmark events in our lives. Times when you know that God showed up and did something that only God could do. I think that's worthy of journaling. To make notes, to write the date, to write the circumstances, and to write how God responded. Somewhere down the road, you're going to need that again, and you can pull it out to share and to testify what God has done in your life. Because ultimately, your personal testimony plays a huge influence when we share the gospel. People can see Jesus at work in your life and mine. And so, yes, it's, it's very, very important that we write these moments down. Again, I call them benchmark moments, where in, in your life, times in which God has done something miraculous in your life, and you log these in and you journal these so that somewhere down the road, somebody will, will be able to connect with that through your personal testimony. And you can say, this is what God did in my life. He stands willing and ready to do it in your life if you will place your life in his hands. And we're talking here today about a basic 
principle. Jesus says in Mark 16, 15, he said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. That's our job. Primarily the church is here to worship God and to praise him for his goodness and for his loving kindness towards us. And we send those praises to him every Sunday morning. For now it's in our homes that we praise him. And I hope that you're singing along with the songs that we post. But we worship him and praise. But secondly, the, another important dimension of the church is that we get out and share the gospel. That we tell people what Jesus has done in our hearts, in our lives, and, and give them a roadmap to the cross, which is the Romans road. We all know it. We've, we've grown up with it. Uh, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, Romans 3.23, and you can walk them through there. But the point is, we're to be sharing the gospel. But the big question is, Pastor, how do we do this with COVID-19? We're supposed to social distance. We're not supposed to be around large crowds. How are we to share our message with our friends and family members, co-workers, and anybody else that we come in contact with? That's a good question. Here's my response. We have so many social media outlets today that are, can become platforms for sharing the gospel. Facebook, this week I put the, the uh, Practicing My Own Sermon, I, I put the Roman Road up there on our Facebook. Uh, if you're new to watching us, you can go on Facebook, you can look at the Roman Road, copy that down and, and share it with those that you come in contact with. Uh, Twitter, Instagram, and Gmail or email, whichever you have, I have Gmail, some others have Hotmail, other uh, providers. And this is what I told my Sunday school class, oh, maybe a month and a half ago. I think it's important that you write down your personal testimony. And I think that the testimony should include three things. One is how your life was before you came to Christ. That is, you write all the things that you did as an unbeliever. Some of those things may be bad. Some of those things may be horrific. Some of those things may shock people. But the fact is, we are trying to connect with people where they live. They need to know that I was like you at one time. But then secondly, not only to how your life was before you came to Christ, but secondly, how it was the moment that you trusted in Christ. You know that moment that Jesus lifted the burden of your sin the moment that you realize that Christ died on the cross to pay for your sin and that I cannot get to heaven except through the cross, that moment, how did that make you feel? What, what were the emotions that were going on in your heart and in your mind when you trusted in Jesus Christ? I, I remember that moment with the army chaplain, and I just remember a huge weight being lifted off me. You need to write that down. And then thirdly, how your life has been with Christ. That is how you have seen Jesus Christ play out in your life. And I think it's important that every Christian write that down and even type it. We have computers now, now, nowadays. Um, you, if you have a typewriter, if you don't have all the technology that, that people have today, then you can type your testimony out or write it out, make copies of it, fold it up, and put it in an envelope and mail it to an unbeliever that you know 
give them pertinent scriptures with it. So how it was before I came to Christ, the moment that I trusted in Christ, how my life is now, and then give them the Roman road that I shared on the Facebook page. We have so many ways to touch people with, with the gospel. And I know we all like to put pictures of little puppies smiling and puppies talking and, and all of this, and I guess that's fine for, its, for itself. But we can also use those platforms to share the gospel. And I think that's what we need to be doing more of, particularly in light of COVID-19 when people are dying. And by, by the way, I'd like you to pray this, this, this morning and this week for the doctors and nurses and first responders that are in harm's way with this. Uh, several doctors have, have died, nurses have, have died, and those that have uh, been first responders on the scene have, have died. And so we need to remember them in our, in our prayers today. But the fact is, we need to share our testimony. The psalmist says here, Oh, give thanks to the Lord. Call upon his name. Make his deeds known among the people. That's still our job. That is still our, that is still our command. Secondly, we need to praise his name in worship. And again, I hope that you sang the songs this, this morning and... Uh, and had a, a, a moment where your family came together around the screen and that you were praising him uh, this morning. The psalmist writes here, sing to him, sing praises to him. The word sing is shimuresh, shimuresh, which means musical tones, rhythms, instruments. And this refers to, I've, I've heard people say, well, it should only be piano and I get that, that's a preference. Uh, but also there should be musical instruments in worship. Many churches today have praise teams and they use a variety of uh, instruments, drums, saxophones, horns, flutes. Uh, they use many different ways of communicating uh, to God uh, and singing. Uh, and one of my favorites is the violin. I, I love the violin. I, I could listen to an entire service with just the violinist playing How Great Thou Art and all the, the classic hymns that we've come to love. Paul writes in Colossians 3.16, uh, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. So it is not unbiblical to use instruments in worship. And actually, the psalmist here is saying, yes, that's, that's, that's an extension of our emotions and feelings for God. So sing to him sing praises to him, zimal, which is the act of worship. And again, I want to say this because I think it's important to say this, that worship doesn't just take place on Sunday morning. It takes place every day as we live our lives. This is what we're used to in church, and someday, Lord willing, uh, we're going to be back here together. Hopefully the church will be fuller than when we left. Uh, people will be hungry to get back to church, to fellowship with one another. This is what we're used to, singing songs. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. We love those songs, and we sing those songs from our hearts purely to the Lord because he is good to us. But we, we, we like to put a box on worship. We like to put a box on worship that we only do worship in the church. But did you know that you can sing in your car? You can sing praise songs in your car. 
you turn on the radio, Christian radio, and they may be having music on there. You can sing and praise God. You can listen to other pastors. Um, there's many, many ways that we can let God know what he has done in our lives. Tell of his wondrous works. Sinuet, sinuet. The word tell, which means to speak enthusiastically. You know what I think is missing? Um, even in the context of church worship, what I would call corporate worship, uh, we've lost this idea of personal testimonies. I would love it when we come back together as, as a body of Christ. I would love it um, if we were to start sharing personal testimonies of how God cared for us during this crisis uh, and just sharing testimonies of, of what God has done in your life since we've been apart. And I, I'd like to do that when we, get, when we get back. So I want you to think about uh, what God has done during this crisis, and, and not only during the crisis, but what he's done in your life, period. I, I, think, it's, I think it's important. Praise his name and worship. Tell. Speak enthusiastically. Let me tell you what Jesus did this week in my life. Then he speaks here, Pelam uh, which is the word wonderful works, which is surprise and awe over an event. Have you had those moments in your life when God did something that was so miraculous, so wonderful, that you just stood in awe? And that's exactly what the psalmist is writing here, uh, to think about those moments. Um, back in 1997, um, I had the opportunity uh, to listen to General Slava Borla, Borisov. He was a Russian general who um, escaped Russia and uh, became an American or came to America to escape Russia. And I got to hear his testimony out of all places, a Polish church. It was a Southern Baptist Polish church. And he came to give his testimony. It was very moving. And the apex of his testimony was this. When my helicopter was falling, I cried out to God. I did it subconsciously. I did it instinctively. I cried out to him. God saved me, Borisov said through an interpreter. I survived even though I was wounded very severely. That was a moment that he will never forget. That was the moment that he came to Christ as the helicopter was falling and turning and twisting to the ground. I think he was the only survivor of that helicopter crash. God saved him, spared him. He was the lone survivor in that crash. And, and I read an article recently where he's still sharing what God has done in his life. Those are the wonderful acts that he has done. And God has been, God's done wonderful acts in your life. I think the day of salvation is a wonderful act that he did in your life. And in my life, that day that I trusted in Jesus Christ. But we might not have big things like this. They may be the little times that God delivered us. But isn't that in and of itself a wondrous act? The little times that God intervened in your life and, and picked you up, maybe to an answer of, of, of prayer. 
praise his name in worship. And that's not just on Sunday. That's every day. Number three, seek the Lord. In five, in uh, 105.3, seek the Lord. And he writes, glory in his holy name. Glory in his holy name. Glory, Hillel, in the Hebrew. Glory, Hillel, means to boast. I love what the Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians 1.31. As it is written, let him who boasts, boast in the Lord. If you want to brag about something in your life, brag about what Jesus has done in your life. Put him on the pedestal. Make yourself smaller to give praises to him and also to uh, glorify his name, to boast about what he has done. And the psalmist writes, God is holy, quodish, holy, which this is an interesting word, very rarely used in the Old Testament, uh, at least in this case. And, And that word means a sanctuary which houses God. A sanctuary which houses God. The Apostle Paul says that our body houses the Holy Spirit. We are the temple of God. We have God living in us. It is the sanctuary of our innermost being. This is where God dwells in the life of his believers. This is where he dwells in your heart for those that have trusted in Jesus Christ. He is our sanctuary. It's why I love that song, Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary. I love that. I love that brief yet powerful uh, hymn that we sing. And then the name Shem, which refers to a person's reputation. So here we have to boast in the sanctuary household of his name. And in the name, the name of God really focused about who God was at his essence. I think uh, Roger Ellsworth writes it this way, the name of God represents his character. That is true. While others glory in such things as money, pleasure, sports, and career, the children of God are to glory in the various attributes of God. Let's think about that for a minute. Yes, God is holy. God is awesome. He is powerful. He will judge the world someday based on their rejection of Christ. But on the other side of the ledger, isn't God good? Isn't God a God of grace and mercy and peace and hope in the midst of trouble? Isn't that what God is to us? Don't we look to God for the moments in our helpless estate and turn to him and knowing full well that God hears us, he sees us, he knows us intimately? That is the name of God. All of those funnel into who our great God is. He is a good God. He's a gracious God. He's a loving God. He's a caring God. He's a giving God. He's a forgiving God. He's a God of hope, a God of wonder, a God of majesty, and a God that I want to praise. And I pray that you will praise with him today. Glory be the name of the Lord. His name is holy, and we can brag about what he has done 
in our lives. And then we read in the latter part of verse 3, let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Hearts. We've seen this many times. If you've listened to my sermons uh, over, the, over the years, I've preached from the, the Old Testament, and we've seen this word hearts, which is the word lave, which is the inner feelings and thoughts and emotions of who we are. This isn't our physical hearts. This is at the heart of who we are in our inner man. It is who we are as individuals. And notice he says, for those who seek him, bikesh, which means to look for, to learn information about, but it also implies diligence to the task. Notice what he says, let the hearts of those who seek the Lord, bikesh. It's how many hours or I would say hours how many hours a day do you spend searching for stuff on the internet if you're like me uh, probably an hour a day that's a that's sermon prep and other things but um, here you have we spend time searching out answers or looking for blogs or posts or, or whatever it is but we spend a lot of time doing that and during this lockdown period, that may even increase. Here's something that should increase. Dust off your Bible. Dust off your Bible and get back into his word. How much time this past week did you spend reading God's word? I think this is vital. And even more importantly, I can see how God is using this positively this lockdown positively. If, if you would spend just one hour a day, um, maybe 20 minutes in the morning, 20 minutes at noon, 20 minutes in the evening, just reading the word of God, it, it could make a huge difference. And, and, and you would be seeking him. You would be seeking the Lord. Do it with all intensity. Say, God, as I read your word, speak to me. Speak to the innermost part of my being. Talk to me about who you are and what you want to do in my life and, and the lives of others. And then he, he closes here with the word rejoice. Samak. Samak. Which means to have a feeling of joy. I wrote this down and I put a big heart on it. Is it possible? Now listen to me. Is it possible we lack joy in our lives because we aren't seeking him? Think about that. If you are seeking God with all of your heart, there must be a connection to our joy. Because when you seek God, you are pursuing the joy of God. You are pursuing the grace of God. You are pursuing the love of God. You are pursuing the forgiveness of God. And all of these things begin storing up in our hearts. So joy is connected to the search. Something happens in that search that connects us. Seeking to him leads to joy. Um, and this is why the psalmist wrote this. Let the hearts of those who seek him who seek the Lord, rejoice. Paul writes it this way. 
May the God of hope fill you, lave, innermost being, with joy and peace as you trust him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the indwelling Holy Spirit. Yeah. I do think that for those that seek him, there will be much more joy in their lives than those who don't. If we spend all of our time searching the internet, doing this, doing that, but we're not seeking him, it's, it's amazing, really. God has given us all kinds of time. I've only bumped into two or three of the church members. Of course, I see Brian every Sunday and Wednesday. Um, but we spend way too much time not seeking God. So this week, this is what I want us to do this week. Look for ways to share your testimony. Let me encourage you, you, you can do this. And it doesn't have to be a gospel presentation. It can just be to show somebody who is hungry or thirsty where they can find water and food. And say, this is what God has done in my life. And I'm going to give it to you and let you look at it and let God work on your heart. Praise God in worship, car, home, private devotion. And then spend time this week seeking the Lord and experiencing the joy in the search. I want to remind us this morning, the God of the Old Testament, the God of the covenant is still faithful. In the person of Jesus Christ and the empowering of the Holy Spirit, God is faithful. Let's trust in that.